The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome on all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is your weekly GA show and podcast for Donegal and Northwest and all the stories that matter around the country. Later on in the show, we're going to hear from Chief Sports Writer with the star, Kieran Cunningham and All Matters GEA. We're going to hear from former St. Eunans and Sligo captain, now a member of the under-17 Donegal backroom team, Brenda Kilcoyne, of course Highland Pundit as well. Just on the county scene where it's going now and the club scene as well as we kick into the club championship season. Uh, shortly I'll speak to Donegal ladies boss, Maxie Kern after their defeat to Cork in the championship yesterday. But first of all, um, you know, with the weekend there, the very tragic news broke of the passing of Damien Casey. Tyrone um, Donegal, Dungannon and Tyrone Hurling star um, and the outpouring of grief that has come with that. Um, I'm joined on the line now by former Tyrone Hurler, Thomas Colton. Uh, Thomas, uh, just uh, your... your uh, I suppose your your words on Sean and and his family and and the legacies he left behind after this uh, tragic uh, accident at the weekend. It was it was a partner every year since the grief and the and the and the, the questions are added to the fact that Damien still over and still over in Spain. Uh, happily, that most of the boys have either the wedding with or, or with him, so he. And they're between them and the Captain Belfast, and they're doing as much as we can to get them home. And, and, and I suppose get them home, and then we can start the process of whatever's coming down the facts after that. You know, but at the minute, it's just it's difficult, especially with family and with close friends. You know, but it's difficult at the minute that, that we're all sitting sort of in limbo, you know. But uh, just on, on, like I know it's it's it's, it's only sort of vocabulary, but. Uh, the family is sort of vast, and, and it's hard to put it out. But the word accident is is, is a has been used, and there's a lot of speculation and stuff. And we can't go into a hundred percent detail. We don't, we don't know, but that it, it, it wasn't. It doesn't seem to be have been an accident. We can't really say until the final, the final. Uh, yeah. Autopsy reports and stuff come, come back, but it's, it's it's really natural that people people will be. Speculating or thinking, you know, with a young lad away, swimming pool, whatever, you know. But at, at the minute, uh, the family are, are hoping that people just less speculation is going on what has happened until we exactly find out, and, and and just more prayers and and, and, and support, you know, is, is really what they're after, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- two sisters as well, uh, Thomas and uh, mum and dad. There, I just seen a few pictures, that, you know, and. and I suppose the, the vigils and the, and the GA community come together, and you can see from the, the outpouring of grief there, um, Tom's just what 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 a man Sean was, you know, outside of Hurland, you know, the the leader that he was, club and and county, and of course Tyrone having a, a brilliant season, you know, winning winning the Nicky record and him at the heart of that, um, but outside of his his brilliance on the pitch, his, his effect on 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 everybody around him. Ah, uh, it's unreal. Uh, so, especially his close family, Danny, Sean, and Mummy Susan, the massive parts of our club, and then the two girls, Louise and Catherine, and their major players and the and the and the senior football team, and the the fact that it's had the outpouring of grief 
as on social media has, has made things people getting information quicker and stuff. But that core of grief on social media has been amazing. Uh, I, I know I know it has helped a lot of a lot of Damien's friends and, 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 and I'm sure it's helped in the family too. But just all around Ireland, and, and myself is sort of with, with the contacts I've had working with GPA for 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 years and. The lads have been contacting me and passing on their, their condolences from from every county in Ireland. You know, lads from Donegal and all Ireland winners and Kilkenny holders, and it's just the outpouring of grief has been has been unreal. And I've definitely assisted everyone. Everyone, the vigil last night was sort of off the cuff, sort of arranged yesterday, and there was a. a an amazing crowd and a lot of people that contacted us after they didn't think it was it was just a, a club thing or, or a friend and things and, and they would have been there the crowd would have been even more but it's, and it's certainly it's the first time I've been involved in something so close since I've been vigil but never connected but it, and it has helped it has helped enormously and I could I could see that from, I can't speak for the family and stuff but I could see Game his family and friends and relations, and, and they, were, they were definitely they were definitely helped and lifted by, by the, the, the numbers that turned up at our field last night. And they were all down the line until they'll get they'll receive messages and give condolences. And people people just hope to understand how much they're helping, how much they're helping everybody just by their presence or by their by their words. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough time, but. Mm. The GA community has kicked in as normal, and it's just, it's just great to be part of that community, you know. Yeah, surely, and you're right at the heart of it, Damon. Funny, uh, um, <coughs> Thomas. Obviously, I met met you, you know, through GPA, and 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 you your your unbelievable love of of Tyrone hurling then, and and what that meant to you playing and then supporting it and. Just Damien, you know the the phenomenal talent that that he was at the at, at the heart of of where Tyrone was going and and you know the resurgence the season that they had. You know, he he was a phenomenal player. Actually, if often people often talk like if, if say for example Neil McManus or Damien, you know they talk about uh, I can realize Holland has not the standard of this uh, as as the they're every bit as skillful, it's just probably it's kind of, it's kind of a different taste, you know, but the local asked the question, and I was happy to answer the question, you know, is this Casey Boy as good as he says, or whatever, would he, would he make a, 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 a top team? And it's without a doubt, <coughs> if he had been, well, not the case if he had been born in a different place, but if he, if he was within that environment for a few months, or, or, or six months, or a year, and it got up the speed of the way them top lads played, and there's not a doubt that just with his pure ability and athleticism that he would he would, he would make he would make teams, you know, and and the, the so-called bigger counties. And that's just he, he was a supreme footballer as well. He, he was he was always he was always got uh, the, the colour in lads, and uh, he's just a pure athlete. And he got to the stage, which is unusual for down here where we're all. We're not fighting football, football people to try and keep players, but it's, it's a struggle, especially the better players, if they're good at the football too. Same as Donny Gordon, they're going to drift towards the football. It'll be some specialised too early, but maybe they come to the age of any opinion, and he decided, and he's on the county, the, the county senior hurling panel, so he's just having the time to 
der får den nedfor på, så vi koncentrerer den holden. Jeg vil se, når jeg ikke på en degree, for det er snart til at være et talentblad. Whatever you read, whatever I read, read that here's about Damien, it's 100% truth, you know, especially off the field. And the, sometimes you, you, you don't like to talk ill of the dead, or, or people people talk, they say things about people who have passed, you know, good things and all, but you, you don't have to make it up about Damien, uh, either on the field or off the field. It's just that that's special, special human, you know. Yeah. Certainly a very sad uh, time. Uh, Tom, listen, thanks so much for your words here, your thoughts and prayers with the, the Casey family, of course, his friends uh, and his teammates at this sad time. Thanks very much, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was Thomas Colton. That's a real, real tough time for, for everyone in the, in the, in the Dungannon and Throne GA. And as Thomas said, they're coming together to his, help the Casey family through this time. Now, uh, turning attention to the Donegal Senior Ladies Quest for All-Ireland Honours. They were playing Cork at the weekend and they were unfortunately defeated 2-12 to 1-10. And I'm joined by the hurling boss now, Maxie Kern, to discuss how that game went. How are you today, Maxie? No, not too bad, Brent, not too bad. Maxie, you was on the road again, um, vying for a top spot in the, in the group. The game ended up being played in uh, clean and um, you came up short against Cork top top team uh, Maxi. so one 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 defeat then looks like we're in a collision course with uh, potentially the dubs yeah 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 look in, the, in fairness to, to Cork the match was due to be uh, down in Cork but they agreed to meet us halfway which is look a big gesture on their behalf um, but look it wasn't it wasn't enough to get us over the line we uh, we just left ourselves with far too much to do we were Something nine, ten points down at half time, and um, we did get back to back to three at one point, and then we had a we had a free kick in that was uh, overturned again for for some unknown reason. We're not sure why, and that would took us back to two, and then went up the field and got a third. Then and we go back to four, so look, that was probably a big moment in the game. But yeah, look, ultimately we just left ourselves too much to do, and we didn't play enough in the first half. Yeah, listen, Max, we can look at ourselves for that that slow start in that first half. Obviously, you you, you know, brilliant, brilliant second half in terms of panning that lead. Right back to a potential one. Is is it a thing that we started slowly, Max, or are we taking away that Cork are our top side and a difficult uh, difficult opponent? Ah, yeah. Look, they are, and look, any of those top teams when you give them when you give them time and space, and uh, they're they're, they're going to punish you. And look, that's what happened. Um, we um, look, we, we we just weren't on it, I suppose, from the from, from the start. We uh, although we got a goal ourselves in three or four minutes, um, a brilliant goal by Yvonne. Um, we'd already conceded one at that stage and and had a couple of points. And um, Kira Sullivan, former Player of the Year, Footballer of the Year, um, was really dictating things in that stage of the game. Um, so it took us probably to half time to tie her down. And Nicole McLaughlin um, got the grips through in the second half, and that's probably what like what changed the game mostly in our favour. Um, her influence was definitely curbed. So look, that was part of it. But look, you know, we 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 uh, we, we didn't start great last week either. We um, you know, we uh, we only had three points kicked at half time, and nowhere we get the Gale Force win. So look, it's probably something that's that's. Been hampered in a couple of games, you know. Same thing. We give me a massive head start um, in the in the National League semi final, and we also had a big lead to claw back against Dublin in the League semi final. So look, it's something that we seem to do, and um, it's one of those things that's very hard to tie down and uh, very hard to, to rectify. But look, we do tend to leave ourselves with mountains to climb, and some days we can manage, and some days we can't. And just yesterday we didn't. Mm. Max, it looks like it's, it's a real competitive championship out there. You obviously look at Meath coming. 
their their research is coming up from intermediate one and one and all Ireland senior Armagh definitely are formidable opponents on the way up and even though it's looking like Dublin Mayo obviously still that that game still to be played. Um, Maxie, what you're feeling with that uh, D- Dublin will come out in that uh, uh, fixture? Ah, yeah, yeah. Look, without a doubt, um, look, me themse- uh, Mayo themselves are in, in a big period transition of three or four guards starting in their forward line that would be starting around Australia. So well, they're not with them, so they're look, they're greatly. Um, we can buy that so yeah and look we don't expect anything else other than, other than Dublin and you know a, a familiar foe they are um, and I'm sure they'll be they're still smarting from the leagues and the final the way that thing played out so um, look it's going to be a gonna be a serious battle for us but look with three weeks to get ready and look time's a great healer and you know we'll get um, we'll get back on the horse now this week and try and get over the disappointment yesterday and look ultimately you know you'll come out of the game with somewhat of a feel good factor you know having having you know, really played in the second half and really um, put it up to Cork and, you know, had it been the other way around, if you had a massive first half and a poor second half, it would be probably worse. So, um, look, you've got to take the positives out of it as well. And look, we did uh, we did show that we can go toe-to-toe with the likes of Cork when we, when we, when we get our minds together and um, and play the way we can. And look, but as a person, they said it was only for 30 minutes just instead of 60. Yeah. And tell me, Maxi, so the, the, the venue's yet to be decided, is it? Uh, ah yeah, whatever. look, there's another there's another round of games yeah. to go. Look, it's not, it's not officially confirmed as Dublin, but they play Mio on uh, next weekend, and that'll determine then who um, where we play then. So yeah, look, we're we'll just have to plot away on our own here for the next couple of weeks and see where it takes us. Yeah, huge commitment, uh, Maxi. What you're doing there, obviously the same with the with the senior men's job. But if if that job was ever to come up, is it something that uh, you would have ambitions on? I think very few people actually appreciate the size of the job um, it's a really really tough ask and you know massive respect goes to any man that puts their head in the block and has a go at it because it's just so unforgiving and there's you know it's a, it's, it's a very hard job to, you know, to, to come out of it with any with, with yes. their head held high you know um, yeah, I think the yeah. criticism I've often said that you know a manager gets far too much credit when a team wins and far too much criticism when a team loses and look it is a very thankless job and as I say huge respect to anybody that has a go at it but look it's uh, and look Donegal are I kind of have massive expectations, and look, you do have a, a lot of somebody funny man that takes it on because I don't believe the the, the criticism they get is in any way warranted for the efforts that's put up. To it. So, yeah. um, good luck to every man that steps up. I hear you, Maxie. It's same as that. You know, I've been just trying to weigh up people's criticism of managers versus, say, how players are playing and, and, and you know, opposition and all that. You know, just to pinpoint it in any way, particularly towards a manager, I think it's totally wrong. And I think, as you said there, Maxie, the absolute commitment that's there, it's just, it's, it takes over your life. So, you know, no one's more gutted than players. You know, you, they're coming up the road there last day. Maxie, you, you've got that real tough feeling that you, you, know, you have to take that defeat. You can plan now for the next day. Maxie, you're still, you know, still in the championship, still fighting, get ready for a big game. But when you're out, it's such a tough team for, such a tough time for the, the management and the players above anybody else. And then to hear kind of people giving off uh, left, right and centre, it's, it's, it's uh, as you said, it can be a thankless job at times. Yeah, I know. It's look, it's 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 hugely disproportionate. Um, I know we get a lot of pleasure out of managing teams and being involved in it, but you know, I think the the general public um, are are generally over the top now, and 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 the way their criticism is is targeted. You know, and I think um, players and management don't get the credit they deserve for the huge, huge, huge effort that goes into it. You know, it's a it's been you know scientifically proven it's a forty-hour job. You know, for most people to be involved in a county team, and um, it's a, it's it's, it's it's disappointing though when you when you know what people put into it 
for them to get criticised the way that you know that they have been done the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I think a lockdown in Ireland that takes it. Yeah, that's it, Maxie. I think yeah, the, the candidates could be could be few and, and, and far between. I think when whenever if 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 a job does come up, you know, I, I'm just looking at at the future for Donegal. And there's, as I say, there's a there's a lot of discussion has to be had on on that uh, uh, where where the county's going, particularly I think in, at club level as well. I'm going to be talking to. Uh, Brendan Kilcoyne about that later but for now Maxie listen money wish you all the best in the rest of the championship and uh, keep flying the flag for the county as you are now in the in the championship level usually the guys are still uh, in, in the mix as the band says so listen wishing you all the best uh, Maxie thanks Brendan Thank appreciate you. that Thank yeah Maxie Curran ladies football boss here good to get talking to him and now I'm going to speak with chief sports writer with the star Kieran Cunningham Kieran, how are you this evening yeah great Brendan thanks Kieran, uh, yeah, listen, thanks so much for joining us, Kieran. Always great to catch up. Uh, Kieran, your chief sports writer with the star, of course, covering all things uh, uh, sporting. Just a story from the weekend there about Tyson Fury um, being denied access to U- US. I know, Kieran, obviously, your work there, you know, exposing MTK and 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 obviously their whole boxing set up there. And I'm just looking at Fury there because of his links uh, to them being denied access to, to, the, to America and just how that story, I suppose, came your involvement in it. It must, uh, I suppose, took you down a few dark roads at time, you know, outside of like normal sports reporting. Well, it was very different than anything I ever did before, Brandon. Um, you know, because it's uh, to a large part, like it's a big sports story, but it's also a crime story. And I had no experience in that or context in that. And, you know, you don't know how to deal with people in that world or, you know, how dangerous it is. But uh, I just thought it was too big a story to be ignored. Like, uh, I'm very, uh, uh, of a great love of boxing and, and boxing people generally. And it's a very important sport to Ireland. And I thought this guy did so much damage to it. And he'd become such a player in the international stage. It was a story to look into. But uh, I think with the Tyson Fury thing, this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. You know, a lot of names are going to come out. There's 600 names in the U- on a list by the U.S. of people they won't allow to enter. And a lot of those names are from within boxing and they're big names. So, you know, you watch this space a lot more to follow. Mm. And how does that play out, Keen? Is it a matter of them uh, severing ties or is this going to be ongoing for the likes of those guys? Or how do you think that will play out with a lot of these you know, high profile guys? Obviously, you know, with boxing and, and, and where it's where a lot of it happens is in the States. It remains to be seen, but generally, you know, the case is with uh, the way the American authorities are. If you have a black mark against your name like that, it's very hard to get it scrubbed off. Right. You no, know, so it could be there for 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 the duration. You don't know, but uh, I would say there'd be a, li- a bit of campaigning with some of them to try and try and get uh, get in the clear. But it's not easy when uh, like the Americans have gone at this hard. Like talking to people who would know the American scene is very r- rare for them to go as hard against an, uh, an organization as they have against the Kinahan gang, you know, to have a list of 600 people to offer a public reward, to have the U.S. ambassador announcing the reward. Like, this is is pretty much unprecedented. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You say, watch this space, uh, Kim, fair play. Um, um, great work on, on that case. Kim, to, to switching just to the GAA, uh, I'm just wondering what you, you've made of the season so far. And obviously, Talton Cup semi-finals yesterday and I think it's been a, a, a long time coming and a great competition. What, what have you made of that uh, and, and the games yesterday? Well, I have to be honest because I cover other sports as well. Um, like up till the last Ireland game, 
which was whatever it was last Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I forget now. But, you know, so the soccer season, you know, I know League of Ireland season is ongoing, but the soccer season in terms of internationally, Champions League, Premier League, only finished last week, you know, and the rugby season has been ongoing as well. So, you know, suddenly I'm kind of clear for the first time in a while to focus on GA. And you look at it and there's only a handful of games left. And I still not convinced by the timing. Like, I definitely see the argument that clubs need more time, etc. But, you know, it's very odd to be whatever date we are today. Uh, you know, I think it's 20th of June and there's only th- three hurling games left, inter-county games in 2022. And only two hurling games because two of the semi-finals are, in, are on the one, or sorry, two hurling weekends, two of the semi-finals are on the one weekend. So, uh, it's a massive change. And one thing I was thinking of in a normal World Cup year, Brandon, the World Cup will be on at the moment and the World Cup final wouldn't be on till, uh, you know, the end of the first week in July. So imagine it was a, a normal World Cup year and you had that going on as well. The GA, so much of the GA would be overshadowed. And I don't think it's caught fire in the imagination. You see that with crowds. Like the, the qualifiers eight days ago or uh, eight or nine days ago with, uh, you know, with Air Mayo or whatever, uh, they, uh, Claire and me, they, there was only just over 16,000 of that, you know, and, and, you know, it was below the crowd yesterday for the Todgen Cup. And the Todgen Cup has worked, you know, for those counties. It gives them something tangible to aim at, which, and I think it will catch on, but I don't see, I don't sense there's as much talk or as much buzz about the championships as there used to be. And I think um, there's no controversy. Don't, you know, controversy gives you something to talk about. You want controversy. The only real controversy was Henry Shefflin and Brian Cody's handshakes. Yeah. Or lack of, lack of handshakes. So that was, you know, we got that two doses of that over two games. There'd be nothing really in football, you know. So you need kind of spite, a, sp- a bit of spice and a bit of talking points. And I'm not convinced by the calendar at all that this is the answer. You know, I think a different way has to be found. Like, Particularly because it hasn't, the weather hasn't been good yet, and you're suddenly you might hit into a good July, August, and you've virtually no winter county games. I know you have club games, but a lot of clubs people forget don't want to play in the summer because people are on holidays, people are organising weddings, students often go abroad, particularly to America. So clubs, a lot of clubs generally don't want to play championship football or hurling in the summer. So and as thanks down, you know, in Donegal, like Donegal, teams have played between girls' group and league games have played. a lot of them have quite a dozen games played already. So it's not like they haven't, they've been idle while the cl- club's uh, county scene has gone on. So I, 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 timing is a big issue with it. Like it hasn't been, uh, the, uh, Crow Park is an issue as well, Brandon. Like a lot, mm. that's, that's become a big problem for the GA because it's too big for the modern Ireland. Yes. Like the novelty has gone out of it. The Aviva with 50,000 is a far better mm. size for, for what you need in a country of this size. And if you look at the championships in both hurling and football, the best atmospheres by a mile were like athletic brands in Armagh, Clonus for those to find, particularly with, you know, with a huge dairy crowd, uh, Cusick Park in Ennis for uh, Clare against Limerick and hurling, Walsh Park in, uh, in Waterford for hurling, which only holds 11,000 people. Like they've had far better atmospheres than the big, you know, than, than Crow Park. And I don't know how the GA are going to solve that because. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, with the cost of diesel and the cost of accommodation, when you look, Mayo couldn't get a, a a hotel in Dublin for the night of their game with Kildare. You know, that tells you, you know, that's, you know, that's a serious issue now. Yeah, it's as if, Ian, you, you, you need like a, a 30,000 uh, second stadium to, to house most of these, to create an atmosphere. And then, you know, what do you do with Crow Park then? You know, you're going to play yeah. a couple of games a year in it or... Yeah, yeah, it's a strange one. Just one again, do you think an integrated season is the best way to go? Because 
I, I agree with you. This thing of having so many months off of, of county and back to club as much as I think some of this came from maybe the elitism of club and how or county and of how the county players were being pulled away completely from their clubs. Mm. There was a real downgrading of, of respect to the club and respect to the player playing with the club. Everything was pushed aside for the county. I think a lot yeah. of that kind of fed into this argument that they needed their own season, basically. But yeah, I, I think, listen, the, the two should o- overlap into each other and, and build up to what what we're used to, you know. And, and I think a big issue with that game you know, was the way it was boxed off, particularly teams that went and they late All-Ireland runs. They were squeezing yeah. the championship in the, a month then and then they had to go into the provincial and it was real disrespectful. And I think, I suppose clubs couldn't see any way out of that without it being completely uh, split. But yeah, I, I, I would agree with you around the time of that and, and how we're not going to have any major yeah. county uh, county games for... for like, yeah, well, well I've, ne- I've never figured out why it's not... I've never understood why it's not integrated, friend. You know, because the teams... Uh, you know, county teams would train at the weekend anyway. So there's much, if they, if they don't have games, so there's a much chance of a player getting injured in a, a training game or in, in training session generally as they are playing a club game. So I, I could never understand why these would, just wouldn't let them play on with their clubs when they're not, you know, we train with the county during the week, but play, you can play a club league club game at the weekend. You know, even go back, I know it was a long time ago, now it's 30 years ago, but John Joe Doherty, uh, played in All Ireland finally didn't play for Donegal all that year, and the reason he got into the team was he played very well in the club championship for Neve Columba, mm. and Brian McInniff was there to watch him. But the club championship went on during the summer, even though Donegal were going to an All Ireland final for the first time, and that's unthinkable now. Mm. But you, you know, I, I, I've never understood this thing that the county should exclusively have players like like all the Donegal players were exclusively uh, with the county for the last six months or so. You know why? Like why? why? It makes no sense. You know, I just I, I, like that to me is is something that I don't think it will be confronted. But that's what I would rather see confronted. You know? mm. It would cut down on costs a lot as well. Can you think about? It? I was chatting to some of the people in the backroom team. They were saying like a training session now is basically ten grand uh, a session. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you pull everything together um, between expenses, food, and all the backroom team. So you, you, there's probably ways of, of doing that 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 uh, there probably doesn't need to be as many sessions. But then again, the pressure you know that's that that manages is under. You know if they come in, they probably when they're when they're first taking the job demand so much from the county board, or they'll not take the job. And you, we're probably in that dilemma. It's a strange one, I suppose, going around. You know how much access and and ma- manager demand total commitment from their players for that elite game. It's it's a difficult balancing act. Yeah, but uh, but it's that's been allowed to happen. You know, there's no reason why. Uh, like you look at the performances of a lot of counties, and you so you could go to the managers then and say, "Where's the evidence of this elite approach?" You know that you've you've cocooned these people for months and months and end. Like, what's come out of it? Like, so uh, like a lot of it is just people f- f- feel they have to go with this. But even at a local level, like if if you have kids or you know teenagers are, st- are starting to take an interest in football, you you want to take them down to your local club. You want to see their best players playing for the club. Like even the, not just in a championship, which is the way it's going, that they'll only play club championship and maybe the odd league game. But they sh- they sh- uh, kids should be able to watch their local heroes, whether it's Daniel Caron, watch Patrick McBerty and Brian McHugh or whatever, you know, and Kelly Beggs, Owen Bond, Hugh McFadden. Like there's no reason why they, they don't play for their clubs. I've never got that. 
Mm. And just just on that 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 elitism, you're looking at Kevin. You know, there's no doubt in Kieran they're they're conditioned for a team that's that wants to mix it with a, a lot of the top sides now. Sligo fairly fairly tough looking side themselves and probably doing that work as well. But that side of the game now, Kieran, that conditioning side that that's maybe propelling a lot of the top teams away. That is taking a you know you've got a few tiers obviously at county level as well, making it very difficult for teams maybe to make that step up when people have physical power that's a, that, that's above what, what what you would have. Yeah, well, it takes a couple of years. You know, you're not gonna. You know, you're not going to be competitive in a physical level, you know, after one winter of SNC, no matter how, how, how good your SNC trainer is or how good the program is. You know, it's going to take a while. But, you know, the but one thing, like I remember talking to James Horn about this and he was he rubbished this idea that every county does the same training. You know, that you'd hear that somebody's thrown out. Is it all teams been in the same world? He says, there's no way to do. He says, he says, with the level the top teams are at, you know, not not a lot of teams aren't getting close to that. You know, but you do see the efforts that have been made in some countries, like Derry clearly put in a massive effort. Cabin the last few years, you look at their conditioning. Like Cabin were very unlucky this year against Donegal, Brendan. You know, like there were two freakish goals really. Uh Donegal got and Cabin played played very well for a lot of that game, you know, and they're not a tortured cup team. You know, like they if they were in the All Ireland series, like say Derry are playing Clare in the All Ireland quarterfinal, if Derry were playing Cabin, would Derry be that confident of beating Cabin? I'm not so sure. So suddenly you would see Cavan in All-Ireland semi-finals. So mm. Cavan are actually, you know, even though Sligo brought up to them, Cavan are a team that are playing the level below where they should be. You know, they're a far better team than their Tolchin Cup team. Ken, you just mentioned earlier that bit of spark, I suppose, about a controversy in the championship. Are we going to see it now in, in these quarterfinals? Because tactically, I suppose, it sucked the life out of a, a lot of games. You know, Leinster and... and Monster, you know, no real. There was a couple of games in Connacht and, and a few, a few in Ulster, but it hasn't really caught fire, as you say. Interest and crowds down in that. We're waiting for something. I suppose the fact we're going to have someone from from Clare, Galway, Armagh, or Derry in a final this year will, will make it a bit special. But are you thinking these quarterfinals could be the real kickoff of the championship? No, is the short answer. <laughs> and the the reason, Brendan, is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just cast your memory back to before the Super Eights came in, and remember, there will be, you know, part of the, the arguments around it was that the All Ireland quarterfinal weekends had become so flat. You know, they were very disappointing generally. Like you might get one good game out of the four. If you're very lucky, you get two. And looking at this weekend, like I think Galway or Ma could be a really good game. It could be the best game in the championship. It wouldn't surprise me at all, given the approach of both teams and the scoring potential of both teams. But you look at Derry, Clare, uh, like Clare playing a very similar way to, to Derry. You know, that could be ultra defensive, very cautious, very low score and a hard watch. You know, you'd expect Dublin to beat Cork out the gate. Mayo... You know, some people say, oh, Mayo can always come up with something, but you go back to the league final and Kerry beat them very comfortably. You know, that could be very one-sided. So you just don't know. You're just hoping Mayo can come up with something. But looking at the four, I think Galway or Mayo will be competitive. Derry Clare might be competitive, but it won't be a good watch. And the other two, I'd be afraid Dublin and Kerry could win very comfortably. Mm, I think it was 15 points or something in that league game. Yeah, just Mayo, they always, like they've seen it, we've seen it the last few years. They look a wee bit punch drunk, definitely this time, though, Kane, you know, likes of E. Conroy and O'Donoghue, which added a bit of spark to forward line. Both of them are out. I mean, certainly Conroy is, whether O'Donoghue makes it back or not. And without that, I mean, it was no surprise, you know, against uh, Kildare, the goal that 
that really rocked them back in the game came from uh, their full back line, you know, uh, 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 in terms of making that happen for them. And I think that's just what's always holding them back. And with this Kerry team, I'd say the only chance you could have for Mayo would be that Kerry are six or seven ahead, 12, 15 in the second half, and they maybe stop playing and Mayo go on a run. But I don't think this Kerry team are going to do that. They are they are out for business. And, and possibly, you know, the All-Ireland final could be played in the semi-final, Kieran. Would you have any hope for, for the side on the other side that, that they, they could give a, a Kerry or a Dublin a game? Um, it's hard to know. Like One of the issues I have with a lot of the teams, you know, that have come through, you know, like Armagh, you know, Armagh, Derry, especially, I'm not convinced about their goalkeepers. You know, I think their goalkeepers could, could be in big trouble in Croke Park. You know, uh, they're just, you know, the way they play, you know, trying to play them out further out the field. Uh, they're not reliable in kickouts when, you know, when the hard press comes on from a Dublin or Kerry. I, I, you know, I'd worry for them. It's it's very hard to see anybody on that side winning. You know, just Galway, you wouldn't know when Galway cut loose, but Galway haven't delivered when the pressure's on a long, long time. Like, there's nobody you could trust on that other side, to be honest. Mm. And you could, you, you're just wondering about that game as well, that, that how Derry and Clare, you know, at, at Crow Park against a good side, we've seen that tactic come up short. Maybe Rory Gell has something else up his sleeve because, you know, we automatically think he'll, he'll just revert back to tight. But I'm wondering as he realised from his days, you know, even with Donegal going to Crow Park playing that system, it's it's out of date against a, a side that does a good forward line. So you wonder, is there a, is there a tweak in Derry? Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll surprise us. I think they'll have to, whatever about the Clare match, you know, and, and what's coming down the tracks. But certainly if they play one of the bigger sides, can we've, we've seen that the tactic not being enough in a, in a big game in Crow Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with your point there that I don't think we'll see it this weekend. I think Clare will ju- be just a big in the win because you have to, like I remember going back to 2011 when Donegal won Ulster for the first time in 19 years. I thought it was really important that they won the game in Crow Park, you know, and it was a battle against Kildare and they got through it. But to, to make, it kind of takes the sting out of a, you know, out of a breakthrough provincial win if you lose your next game out. So I think they have to back it up and they'll be delighted that they drew Clare. And that's not be disrespectful to them, but just compared to the other challenges they might have got, it, you know, it's a more manageable one. Like they've already beaten them well in Division 2 this year. But I think Rory, you know, if, if you're going into a semi-final, he would have to do, try come up with something a bit different. But uh, it remains to be seen whether what that would be. I think the template would still be fairly familiar. But they, they do have pace in their team and have the potential to score goals. And those are two things... You need in Crow Park. Mm. Goals is right, Ken. If you look at all those games, even from the last round there, every team, it was goals that took them across the line in terms of that was the deciding scores in the game. And they are the vital part, vital part of the game now. Can just, just you, you've watched Donegal this year, Ken. There's a lot of, um, I suppose, doom and gloom about it since their defeat. You know, there's, there's ways to get beaten at. And I think how we lost Ulster final being such a poor spectacle. Um, and how we lost the Armagh, really, when they when they put it to us, we we had no answer to them. Um, Kieran, do you think it's it's going to take a change, not just in Donegal, but maybe in in in, in GA in, in general? We we've seen a bit of a turn the last few seasons, uh, leading up to the last few seasons here, and teams going out and outscoring teams. The scoring averages went up, but we've seen, particularly in Ulster, you know, falling back into that defensive play a lot. Um, do, do you think it's something Donegal now just need to? Open up that bit more and 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 
change style because it, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. As you should talk about managers and, and, and where it's going, Donegal seem to be going back now. You could make an argument for, for the for the players that they have as well, maybe aren't as aren't as up to scratch as what we've had in the last number of years. I don't think we've certainly like had the talent, particularly defensively. Um Kieran, where do you see Donegal uh, the future for the for the county team currently? Well, they have to change. You know, they, you know that's been brutal. They, you know, they, the, the 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 way they've been playing the last few years just isn't going to get them where they want to be. You know, you might win the odd Ulster title, you know, and the Ulster t- final was in the balance. They could have won it, but I think uh, Donegal have to set their sights higher now. Like that's something Donegal have to try and become like Tyrone. Like Tyrone had a, a stated ambition in the noughties, and that was to become the carry of the North. You know, that wasn't just about winning an All Ireland every twenty years or or a few Ulster titles. They wanted to stay consistently competitive. And even when they were in transition, they still managed that. Like when they went out early in Ulster, they'd still come through the back door to all like quarterfinals or semifinals. And Donegal now, like this has been a disease with Donegal for a long time, trying to defend leads. Like you go back to the 98 fan you played in. Like Donegal had a very narrow lead in that game against Derry. But can I try to play it out from too far out? And we've seen it in so many games since then. And it's strange, like this flatness with Donegal in the big days has been there since they beat Dublin in 2014. You know, they went into the All-Ireland final against a very, very beatable Kerry team and they just didn't perform. And we've seen that in so many big games since then. They haven't got back to an All-Ireland semi-final since then. The only team of significance, real significance, they've beaten in championship has been Tyrone. And that's largely because of rivalry. But against the, the Kerry, Dublin, Mayo, the big three, they've fallen well short. And, you know, you have to change. Like Tyrone, I mentioned Tyrone before. Mickey Hart had a great saying with that Tyrone team, attack the lead. And I, I think there's something to that. He says, like, when they were two points up, they would play as if they were two points behind. And I think that's the mentality you have to have, to be ruth, completely ruthless. Like, if anybody does an analysis of Dublin under Jim Gavin, the amount of games that were in the balance with 60 minutes in the club, the big games, you know, against the Kerrys and the Mayos, you know, there was a, uh, most of them were very tight at that point. And then for to the finish, Dublin just blew teams away. You know, it was how you finish. It's not Donegal's. Uh, I've seen Donegal so often and they seem to think they have the job done after an hour and we just try and guard what we have and they get caught and they haven't learned the lesson, you know, and they have to learn the way Donegal play is outdated. You know, you, it, it, it works and it might work the odd time in Ulster, but it will not win you in All Ireland. There's no chance. You know, they'll have to change. And it's a problem because it's all, it's, it's the way so many underage teams in Donegal play at, at county level. So many club teams play that way. Underage teams at club level. You know, if you were, if you're a 21 year old now in 2011, Jim McGuinness's first year, you were 10. So all the football you really remember Donegal playing is this kind of football, hmm. you know, to a large extent. I know it was better with Jimmy Guinness team, we were at their peak with fast counter-attacking, et cetera, and very good players. But it's, you know, it's not winning football anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, there has to be a complete change of mindset, I think. Yeah, indeed, Kieran. Totally agree with you. And I think a lot of listeners will as well. Hopefully that change in mindset comes because uh, the football has been pouring poor crowds as well, Kieran, at Ulster Final and, and at the Armagh game as well. And I think that is all pointing towards a big change. Kieran, listen, thanks so much for wrapping all that up, as ever. No problem. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Kieran Cunningham there, Chief Sports of the Star, Glenn Colm Kilman, of course. Always great to chat to Kieran. And now we have a quick look across uh, the local scene here 
with uh, our own Highland Radio pundit, Brendan Kilcoyne. Brendan, how do you see them? Yeah, Brendan, all good here. Hope all is good with yourself. I keep not too bad, Brendan, not too bad. Well, listen, I don't, I don't want to be going doom and gloom at it, but there certainly is a, a big cloud hanging over Donegal at the minute after Donegal's exit to our man, I suppose, Ulster final. Um, I was just chatting to Keon Cunningham previously about it, about about the change. And I'm just wondering, Brennan, you know, looking at the club scene there, uh, even the headline from the St. Unions Glens, will they, uh, um, team derby clash, you know, uh, can you, can you see some, anything happening in our club championship this year? Uh, Brennan would give us some, some light to, to football coming out and being played again in the county. Well, I suppose, listen, I suppose, firstly, I think Donegal supporters ha- have been spoiled for the last 10 or 12 years with, you know, the brilliant performance that we've had from the county team in that period and contesting 10 Ulster finals. And, you know, there's an element of, that, as you say, doom and gloom about the way that we went out, you know, of the Ulster final in particular, and then our team, our team effort against Armagh then in the last game, Brendan, and I, I, I get that and I understand that. But, you know, in relation to your question on, on the championship, listen, it's hard to see too much change in Brendan, to be honest, if you, if you look at it in, in pure reality. Like, you, you have four teams probably that are that bit ahead of the rest. Maybe three of them, you know, Gidor, we don't really know what we're going to get from them. They've undoubted talent down there but they seem to have slipped a bit over the last year or two, but there's no doubt in that if they can get their act together, that they'll push the other three big boys, which are St. Junas, Nave Connell and Kilcar. And it's hard to see something coming out of the group to upset that quartet. And in, in that respect, Brendan, it's very difficult to envisage any of them teams mainly changing their, their style of play of the four of them, you would think Unions will be the most adaptable from the point of view that, you know, they're a very young team. They're going in to retain the championship, which we all know is a very, very difficult thing to do. But they have a serious amount of young talent coming through. So they have and they're at a good age. But like Nave Connell and Kilcar are, you know, they, they play this game. They're very good at this game. And if you're in either of them clubs, you're asking, you know, do we really need to change? It's getting us there. It's, it's, as, it's as good as we can get. It's, it's very difficult, Brendan. Like if you look at any sports success across the board, if you look at soccer, basketball, rugby, success is based on good defensive systems. And, you know, Gaelic football is no different. And I, I think in order to get over, you know, I, I think maybe there's obviously a focus needed on developing more skillful, pacier forwards to help break down what we're witnessing week on week, which is this kind of 15 men behind the ball. And I think that's the crux of the matter is developing these more skillful players that, you know, have the ability. And of course, when teams are set up, Brendan, you know, retaining possession is the be all and end all. Because if you're caught when the team is set up out of possession, you're leaving yourself wide open on the transition, as you well know. And that's the fear factor that's among teams. And I don't see that dissipating too Quickly, Brendan, I don't know what your thoughts on it are. Yeah, I, do, I just think, I mean, I've had this conversation with the likes of Rory and that, uh, you know, around when you're champions, you've got to maybe open up and I think, and play a bit. You know, as you said there, Brendan, not leave yourself exposed, but certainly if you look at Unions opening a couple of league games there, I didn't see yesterday's now, but the, the opposition they were playing retreated straight in as soon as Unions won the ball. Now, Unions were leaving three players up the pitch, you know, and I think, at least if you have a platform there, Brendan, if you have some level of a platform where you can at least kick past the ball, it comes back to kick passing the ball, really. 
you know, if everyone's hand passing out but as the other team drops back, it just makes a it makes an absolute farce of the game for me in terms of a spectacle and and in terms of people competing against each other. You know, Kieran Cunningham was talking about the spark not being in the senior championship and while these teams are doing that, they've completely killed the game in many in many ways. And there's still a tension in it, Kieran, or, or um Brendan, there's still a tension in it because it's going to be low scoring and it's going to be it's going to be I suppose coming down to the fall, small margin still, but it's so uh, tactically done now that it kills it. And I think the problem is is when the, the bigger teams play each other, you can get that I suppose uh, uh, when it when it comes down to crunch time that wee bit of protection. But surely it's it's now down to the teams to go and win it. We've seen the the, the county team change, and then almost as if the it's regressed back a wee bit, particularly in, in Ulster brand. So. I think somebody has to, you know, just, I suppose, win a championship with a bit of bravery and, and show how that's the, how the game is to be played. Cause I just think the effect of club going into county and, and, and the spectacle and, and what that's doing, uh, is far reaching, uh, Brian. We've just been stuck in this rut for so long. You know, I can understand what you're saying around teams wanting to have a defensive shape, but you can still do that. And, and commit players forward as well and have a platform to kick the ball. You know, while we're not kicking the ball, I think that's that's our downfall in, in, in club football at the minute. Yeah, it is. And, you know, obviously, you know, we want to see more of that, Brendan, because you, you need to marry one with the other, making sure, I suppose, that you, number one, you know, I've been involved in management. Number one, my priority would always be that your defensive structure is right because you can attack all day, Brendan. But if you're been hit every time the opposition attacks, so you need to get that structure in place. But you're 100%, Brendan. And, you know, teams need to come find a way to keep two, three insights that that kickball is on. The problem is now when it's transitioned that there's no one up front and the only option is to put, to, to play the ball up the field through the hands. And if you haven't got the, that, if you're not working on them principles at training, that you don't have them inside forwards and, and a link man around the 45, maybe two up top and a link man around the 45, that option is none. And that allows the opposition team then, and you're going through, which we saw in the Ulster final, it was just a repetition of Derry attack, Donegal attack. And we've, we've seen it numerous times down through the years. So I suppose it's up it's up to managements and teams to find a way around that to bring that excitement back to it. But Brendan, if you go back to you know when Dunny Gall were exciting and they brought in this style of play, they had some absolutely fabulous footballers: the Carlaces, Frank McLeans, Anthony Thompsons, the two McGees, Mark McHugh. These guys transitioning the ball really quick off the shoulder, runner off the shoulder, and then the kick ball was on into the inside half kind of thing, and. Donegal don't seem to be doing that now. It seems to be very much do not take any chance, do not take a shot on unless you're in the scoring zone. And, I, you're, you know, again, I agree that that needs to be looked at and teams need to be encouraged more. But again, that's about developing these skillful forwards that are able to take these shots on. And, you know, again, I'm going to go back to Donegal. You know, I think they brought a lot of it on on themselves, Brendan. They were in a very good position, you know, coming from five down to go two up against Derry and, you know, reverted that didn't show that clinical edge to go on and win the game and it was similar against Armagh they played 20 minutes of the best football we've seen them play all year Brendan in the first half and then two you know disasters kind of thing just turned the whole game on its head and the margins are that tight but my question there is you know Donegal have some really really good footballers in the top half of the field some great fielders of the ball 
Why the need to go short unless it was guaranteed? I think Armagh were waiting to pounce on them and a couple of them kickouts and pun- and they punished them accordingly, Brendan. Yeah. Donegal go long. They have that defensive shield broken down straight away and they have the players to do that. And I think that's something that they can look at. And I think it's something that some club teams can look at too. You know, kicking it over that high press, not going for the short all the time. Because when we go for the short, you're basically inviting the other team you know, to get their numbers back behind the ball. And I think that's a key to it, Brendan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that, that's, I suppose, that ability and that, I suppose, attitude to the game to go and, go and win it and press on the opposition. And Listen, Brendan, we've talked, we've talked about the club, the county. You know you're involved, obviously, the underage, the minors, under-17s there. It, coaching level with them, uh, Brendan, listen, you're trying to obviously get marry those two things together with the young lads as well and, and, and encourage that that ability to kick the ball when it's on. A hundred percent, Brendan. Like there's a, there, there, there may be a view outside, like, listen, Brendan, management is a tough gig and like these guys that take on the manager's jobs deserve massive kudos because it's full time. So it is, it's 24 seven and, and there's an awful lot of work involved. But there, this work is going on at underage level, the encouragement to do that. But you have to take in mind, if you're going out to play the Derrys or Jerome, you know what way they're going to set up. That's just the way of the world at the, at the moment, Brendan. And if you don't have a plan to counteract that and you kick the ball straight back at them, they're just going to punish you. Mm. And that is the issue here. It's a very catch-22 situation. So you have to, like we do a lot of work on kicking and trying to kick the ball in early if the option is on. But more times than not in game situations, Brendan, that option isn't on. And, you know, you won't be long been called out by the crowd if you're kicking ball into their sweeper or you're kicking ball straight down their defensive system kind of thing. So it, it, it's a difficult one to marry and it's one that has to be, you know, adjusted from game to game. But that's that's the reality of the matter is that you're coming up against these defensive systems and you have to find a way around playing that kind of thing. And if you don't have the inside forwards that can win the ball out in front, because of there's a sweeper there, there's very little point in kicking it in, Brendan. Yeah, that is the conundrum, Brendan, one which we'll try and solve. We'll keep debating it anyway, Brendan. There's not, nothing else for it. Listen, thanks so much for joining us this evening. No problem, Brendan. Appreciate Pleasure. that. I'll chat to you soon. That was Brendan Kilcoyne. Uh, fair play to him. Great to get his views as ever. Listen, that's a wrap for the DL debate. I want to thank Kenneth for producing Head of Sport, Ash and Kelly. Keep listening for the excellent Monday night sessions. I was listening last week. It was absolutely top drawer show. Keep up the good work, lads. And listen, everyone, I'll speak to you all next week. The DL debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. 